Leviticus chapter 13. Uh, this is just something that, yeah, I don't know if you do this sometimes, I just, I love to see how the things that we deal with each and every day, um, how uh, the Bible always seems so relevant. Um, like we said, we just did this whole series on the kings of Judah, and I'm just always amazed at how all those practical lessons that we learned from the decisions that kings made so long ago, right, are so practical today even. They're still relevant today. Um, when you study the minor prophets, you know, books that were written a thousand years ago or longer, um, a thousand years before Jesus' time, I'm saying, but they're, but they're still so relevant today. Um, obviously, the last few months, right, all we hear about is the COVID-19, right, the coronavirus, and we've, all we hear about is social distancing and uh, isolation, and things like that. And, you know, the Spirit of God just took me to, I think there were some people who kind of understood what this was like, right? Uh, We're not sure um, what leprosy was like in Bible times. Um, Some people think it's similar to Hansen's disease that we see today, but we're not really sure exactly um, what it was like back then. But I will tell you this, is that we're going to learn, is that it was a very infectious disease. Um, It was a disease that isolated people from the congregation. Um, They had to isolate themselves. So they knew what this was like. Um, And so we're going to look a little today about the the law uh, concerning uh, cleansing of a healed leper. I'm just going to check, see if my partner's ready. Are we good, Ed? Oh, yeah, you're good. We are good. All right, just want to make sure. Uh, One of the things I want to share with you is, and you have to turn there, in Romans chapter 15, verse 4, it says this, For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, right? That we through the patience and the comfort of the scriptures might have hope, might have hope. And so that's what I want to do today. I want to look at something that was written before, right? The law uh, in the Old Testament there. And I think we can actually learn some things today, even from the law concerning the, the cleansing of a healed leper that will give us hope today. Also, uh, Hebrews chapter 10 Verse 1 says this, it says, For the law was a shadow of the good things to come. Right? These things that we're going to look at here in Leviticus, they always were a shadow. They always pointed towards the good things that were to come. In particular, the Lord Jesus Christ. Right? In fact, I think that the law for cleansing healed lepers is one of the most beautiful pictures of God's grace to sinners. I'd like to try to communicate that to you today amidst the noise and outside in the short amount of time that we have, but we're going to try. What I'd like to do today is look at just four things uh, for those that uh, are taking notes, is that we want to look at the sinner, we want to look at sin, we want to look at the sacrifice, and we want to look at sanctification. Okay, those are the four things we're going to look at. The sinner, sin, the sacrifice, and sanctification. In Leviticus chapter 13, look at the first three verses here. It says, And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, When a man has on the skin of his body a swelling, a scab, or a bright spot, and it becomes on the skin of his body like a leprous sore, then he shall be brought to Aaron the priest, or to one of his sons the priests. The priest shall examine the sore on the skin of the body, And if the hair on the sore has turned white and the sore appears to be deeper than the skin of his body, it is a leprous sore. 
And listen to this. And then the priest shall examine him and pronounce him unclean. Let's just, uh, the Lord will bless the reading of His Word again. Let's just open in a word of prayer. Our Father, we thank You again for Your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank You for Thy Holy Spirit. Again, we would ask that Your Holy Spirit would illuminate Your truth into our hearts and to our minds, that we may be able to learn from these things that were written so long ago, and that what we learn today may certainly give us hope as You have promised. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the lessons here regarding the sinner, right? Um, as we said, in, in the Bible here, leprosy is always a picture of sin. And we're going to talk about why that is in a little bit. And so certainly, if uh, leprosy is a picture of sin, then that means the leper is a, is a picture of the sinner. Of the sinner. And what you'll see here is at least one illustration that I think is important for us to understand just from this is that no sinner right, is capable of pronouncing himself clean or unclean. Did you get that? Right? No leper was capable of doing that. A leper couldn't say, oh, I'm clean now. Or I'm even unclean. Right? It was the job of the priest. He had to examine him, and he had to pronounce him as clean or unclean. No sinner is capable of pronouncing himself clean or unclean. In fact, even when a leper was cleansed, he had to go to the priest, and he would have to pronounce him clean. And I believe this was God's order to teach us that only God can determine if we are saved or not. Only God can determine that. Right? No preacher can tell you if you're saved or not. No rabbi can tell you if you're saved or not. No priest can tell you if you are saved or not. Not even yourself. Right? There are many people today that will tell you that they're saved. They can't proclaim that. There's only one way that you can know that you are saved, and that is by the very Word of God Himself. Just as a leper could not pronounce himself clean, a sinner cannot pronounce himself saved but by God's Word alone. Amen? It is God and His Word that is how we can know that we are saved. If you look at verse 43 of Leviticus 13, Another thing you'll notice here regarding the leper, the sinner. It says in verse 43 that the priest shall examine it. Right? Speaking of the leprosy. And indeed, if the swelling of the sore is reddish white on his bald head or on his bald forehead, as the appearance of leprosy on the skin of the body, he is a leprous man. He is unclean the priest shall surely pronounce him unclean because his sore is on his head. An interesting couple of verses there, right? But one of the things is when it says that the, the priest will pronounce him unclean, literally, in another translation you might have here, it means utterly unclean or altogether defiled. Altogether defiled. And the condition was this, it's interesting, is that the priest would pronounce him altogether defiled if it was on his head. If they found it on his head or on his forehead, they would pronounce him utterly unclean. Brothers and sisters, that made me go right to Romans chapter 8, right? 
Romans chapter 8, verses 6 through 8 says this. It says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. You see, it says, Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You see, the, the worst thing about us sinners is that we have a wrong attitude towards God. The way we think about God was wrong. You see, unless your mind is changed about God, you will utterly, you will be utterly unclean and altogether defiled when you die and forever. And so that's why in Acts chapter 17, verse 30, God now commands all men everywhere to repent. To repent. Repentance in the Bible is to have another mind. That's what it means. It's to change one's mind about God and about Himself. You see, some people love their sin. Right? That's why they don't want to get saved. They love their sin too much. Some don't know about or believe in God's love to them. And that's why Jesus Christ finished the work for you at the cross of Calvary. But we all understand here, and we know this, that listen, for us to be carnally minded is to be at enmity with God. There was a point in each one of our lives here for ourselves that we did not think right about God. We did not think right about ourselves. And God called us to repent, right? To have a different mind. To change the way we think about God and about ourselves. To acknowledge that we are sinners. <laughs> that we are set apart from God. Have no fellowship with God. But that because of what Jesus Christ did at the cross of Calvary, we ourselves now can be saved. And so we see some things here about the sinner regarding the leper. But also, we see something about sin. Because leprosy is often used in Scripture as a picture of sin. Look at verse 45 and 46 of Le Leviticus 13. It says, Now the leper on whom the sore is, his clothes shall be torn, his head bare, and he shall cover his mustache and cry, Unclean! Unclean! He shall be unclean all the days he has the sore. He shall be unclean. He is unclean and he shall dwell alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. Leprosy, like I said, is often um, used in the Scriptures as a picture of sin, particularly because of its uncleanness. Certainly leprosy had a physical defilement to it, uh, which we'll talk about in a bit. But really, the emphasis was more of a ceremonial defile. They, were, they considered someone who was a leper to be under the judgment of God. And so they were put outside of the fellowship, of the community of God's people. But it is particularly because of uncleanness. One of the ways that we can illustrate that is uh, Jesus, right? When he comes on the scene there in the Gospels, this is very interesting, is that you never read of Jesus 
healing leprosy. You'll never hear that. You'll only hear of him cleansing it. Cleansing it. It's very interesting that Jesus cleansed people from their leprosy, not necessarily healed them. And so there are four ways, I think, that leprosy illustrates sin. Right? First thing is this. There will be four eyes here. Four eyes. One, okay, leprosy was an inward disease. Okay, yes, it, mo- it sometimes did manifest itself with some spots, some nodules on your skin. But it was an inward disease. It was a blood disease. Leprosy differed as it showed up on the outside. It could be a spot on the skin. Or the body may be like nearly eaten away. But it was an infectious disease. Right? We have sin inside of us. Right? It's our nature. Sin, right? Very important here, affects the spirit of a man. Now we know sometimes certainly sin affects the physical uh, part of man, right? The outside circumstances as well. But we know ultimately is, right, is that sin is an inward disease. Right? It's in our nature. It's an infectious disease. It's something that's inside of us. So leprosy is an inward disease. right? But not only that, leprosy was an insufferable disease. You'll notice here that when it describes it, that someone with leprosy had to put their hand over their mustache. Or in other words, over their upper lip. We see a lot of that today, don't we? Right? You can't go into anywhere without covering your mouth. Right? Masks are worn everywhere you go today. And so here they also, if someone approached them, they had to cover their mouth and they had to yell out, unclean, unclean. Whenever someone would come near. It was an insufferable disease. It was, it was one that you could see, right? It's one that you could smell on someone. It was so bad that when a rabbi, right, if, if, if he saw a leper coming down the road, he wouldn't go down that road. Even after the leper has passed already, if he saw that a leper had passed on that road, he wouldn't go on that road. In fact, they said that if, if he saw the leper passing on that road, he would not even eat an egg that was being sold on that road because a leper had walked on that road. Do you see some of these parallels here? Listen, brothers and sisters, I, I, I've been in places in public where people won't walk to a certain corner of the street because someone else walked there who didn't have a mask. Same thing back in this time. Rabbis wouldn't even walk down the same street as someone with leprosy. Leprosy was not simply viewed as a physical disease, as I said, but a spiritual defilement. The the leper was reckoned to be under judgment ceremonially. Here it, it says that his clothes had to be torn. Every time we read of renting of clothes, it often speaks of someone who is mourning the death of someone. And so here again, we have this picture, right? Here, this leper, he's tearing his own clothes as he's mourning over the death that has just come to him. He is defiled because he is said to be unclean. It speaks of the hopeless condition of the leper. So not only is it an inward disease, sin also is an insufferable disease. 
but also it was an isolating disease. You see, without cleansing, the leper was restricted not just from normal day-to-day society, but he couldn't enter the tabernacle or later the, the temple courts. He couldn't participate in any of those activities. There was no fellowship between the leper and the company of the people of God because he was to dwell alone outside the camp. The sufferer was cut off from both God and man. And we know that the person who is outside of Jesus Christ is dead in their trespasses and in their sins. The Bible says for those of us who are in Christ, we've been made alive together with Him. Right? We who were afar off, right, have been brought in, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. But sin, sin had us outside. It was an isolated disease. Last, it was also an incurable disease. Yeah, we have evidence of people who were healed of leprosy. Remember Naaman? He was the Syrian that uh, had to go bathe in Jordan seven times, and he was healed. But few illustrations of the healing of leprosy are ever recorded until our Lord came. As far as the Old Testament is concerned, we have no record of anyone in Israel ever being healed of leprosy for 1,500 years until our Lord Jesus came. No one. Even though we have this law concerning the cleansing of a healed leper, no one has ever recorded having ever been cleansed or healed until Jesus Christ. And that's what sin does to us, right? Sin makes us unclean. It makes us unfit to come into the presence of God. It made us unfit to have communion with God. I want to encourage you this morning that God wants to have communion with you. That God wants to have fellowship with you. In fact, in 1 John chapter 1, that's what he's talking about. He's saying, listen, I don't want you to be in darkness anymore. I want you to walk in light because then we can have fellowship with each other. And he says here in 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, he says, but if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Let's get to the good part of this uh, portion of Leviticus. Right? We looked at the, the sinner, and we looked at how leprosy pictures sin, but look at the sacrifice here. As we said, the, the, the healed leper would have to come to uh, the priest for his cleansing. And there was a certain way that they had to do that. If you look at Leviticus chapter 14, beginning in verse 4, it says, Then the priest shall command to take for him who is to be cleansed two living and clean birds, cedar wood, scarlet, and hyssop. And the priest shall command that one of the birds be killed in an earthen vessel over running water. As for the living bird, he shall take it, the cedar wood and the scarlet and the hyssop, and dip them and the living bird in the blood of the bird that was killed over the running water. And he shall sprinkle it seven times on him who is to be cleansed from the leprosy. 
and shall pronounce him clean and shall let the living bird loose in the open field. A great picture here, right? Um, you've got two birds, right? And what it does, it illustrates a beautiful picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, if they killed just the one bird, that bird wouldn't have the ability to you know, resurrect again or become alive again. So here God provides a beautiful picture of the bird that's killed, right? And then the bird that is able to fly off into the heavens, right? Speaking of, again, the death and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. But what you'll see here is that they had to take that sacrifice, right? And the, the blood of that sacrifice... And they had to apply that blood to the leper. Right? They needed to apply the blood and the running water. Interesting, right? It had the blood and the water applied to the leper in his cleansing. Certainly the blood is a a beautiful picture of the, the blood of Jesus Christ. We just looked at it, which cleanses us from all sin. But even the water here is a beautiful picture of the Holy Spirit's regenerating work. Right? Because in Titus 3.5 it says, It's not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us. He saved us through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. And so we know that every Old Testament sacrifice right, is a picture of Jesus Christ. We talked about how these two birds even picture the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Romans chapter 4, verse 25, it says that Jesus was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. Therefore, in Romans chapter 5, verse 1, it says, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Did you notice that the the bird that was killed was killed in an earthen vessel? Right? A beautiful picture again of our Lord Jesus Christ, right? Coming to this earth, right? Becoming a man. We even see pictures here in, in the cedar wood. The cedars were really, really tall trees, and it spoke of something that was high and lofty. The hyssop plant was actually a low lying plant, it was low to the ground. And so again, there's a couple of things you can look at there. Certainly, it, we're talking about the judgment of God here, and certainly the judgment of God falls on everyone, right? No matter what your status is in life, whether you're high and lifted up or whether you're low, right? Kind of again relates to things that are going on in this world today, the injustice that's going on, right? In God's economy, right? We are all sinners. The answer to sin is not sin. God pronounced judgment on His Son so that everyone could be saved. But also we see the Lord Jesus, right? He was someone who was high and lifted up. The Bible says that He dwells in a high and holy place, but He also dwells with the low and the contrite of heart. And we also know that scarlet is always associated with blood. Right? Scarlet is often associated with sins. And so we here see some beautiful pictures just in this sacrifice here of what the Lord Jesus Christ did for us. It's interesting, David, 
in the psalm, when he was confessing his sin to the Lord, he actually uses the language of the cleansing of a leper, right? He says, God, purge me with hyssop. Purge me with hyssop. He acknowledged that him and his sin was just like if, if he had leprosy. The sin, right, was an infectious disease. It was a sin that cut him off from fellowship with God. And as he confesses his sin, he says, Lord, purge me with hyssop. So we see a beautiful picture here of the Lord Jesus Christ in the sacrifice of these two birds and the cedar wood and the scarlet and the hyssop. But we also see a great picture here of sanctification. We know that in our salvation we have positionally been sanctified. We have been set apart for God. But also we know that there is the practical sanctification that God wants us to do. Right? That once we're saved, that's not it. And it was the same with the leper here. In fact, he's pronounced healed or, or, or clean, I should say, as the priest cleanses him. But once the, the leper was healed, look at verse 8 of chapter 14. It says, He who is to be cleansed shall wash his clothes, shave off all his hair, and wash himself in water, that he may be clean. After that, he shall come into the camp and shall stay outside his tent seven days. But on the seventh day, he shall shave all the hair off his head and his beard and his eyebrows and all his hair he shall shave off. He shall wash his clothes and wash his body in water and he shall be clean. And it goes on to say, offer some sacrifices as well. You see, one of the things that's interesting here, um, as you read this, right? I don't know about you, but certainly when, when this all began um, back in March, anytime you had to go out shopping or if you had to go out and get something, right? There were a lot of people that would come home, take their clothes off, right? Throw them in the laundry. Um, we would go take a shower, some of us, apply some antibacterial gel, whatever it was, right? To clean ourselves, Right? And it was the same thing here is that the, the, the leper was pronounced clean, but then he himself had to go home and sanctify himself, so to speak. One of the things I want to point out is leprosy, right, had um, isolated him from the congregation, right, from the, God's people. Do you suppose that once the leper was healed... Right? That the leper, do you presume that he would go back to living in the wilderness? I don't think so. Right? Once the priest pronounced him as clean, and once he went through the cleansing process, I would imagine he could not wait to fellowship with the congregation again. Could not wait to be with God's people again. It wouldn't make sense, would it? For him to be pronounced clean and then go back to living with the other lepers in the wilderness. Listen, I know you're here today because you feel the same way I do. I could not wait for us to come back together. There's something in the way God made us, our souls and our spirits, where we are to fellowship with one another. 
Fellowship is so important in God's economy. In fact, if you look at the model of the New Testament church, it's just brothers and sisters getting together over a meal. That's how God sets it up. And I'm not only encouraged by all of you that are here today, but I'm just so encouraged that everybody that put together all the work that goes into the, us to be able to come together as a congregation to remember the Lord together, to worship together, to hear from God's Word together. I hope that just the story of the leper encourages you again to know what a privilege it is, right? What a wonderful privilege it is that we can come together and meet together as blood-bought saints, as those who were once unclean and now we've been made clean because of the blood of Christ. But not only that, now that we're cleansed by God, He wants us to live a life that is godly and pleasing to Him. Right? He wants us to be sanctified practically. Just as the leper had to go through all these things right, to sanctify himself practically, it's the same with us as well. Now that we're cleansed, God doesn't allow us to just go out there and live any way we want to. Perhaps now more than ever with the things that are going on today, right, it's important for us as a church to say, listen, I understand. right? I sympathize with the hurts of this day and age, but sin is sin. The answer to sin is not more sin. God had an answer for sin, and now we who have been made clean, He wants us to be sanctified practically. One of the things you'll notice here too um, is that the priest actually um, applied the blood to the leper's ear, to his earlobe, to his thumb on his hand and to his big toe on his foot. It's interesting, right? After he was ceremonially cleansed, the priest would apply blood to his earlobe, to his thumb, and to his big toe. I really think that speaks to three things. That now that you have been cleansed, right? God wants you to know how important it is for you to hear God's Word. It's so important for us to be hearing God's Word. But not only that, as they apply the blood to the hand, right? it speaks of how important it is for us to do God's will. God wants us to do His will. And then as He applies the blood to the foot, it's important that we are always walking in God's ways. Those of us who have been cleansed, those of us who have been sanctified, we want to now practically sanctify ourselves and that comes from the hearing of God's word that comes from doing God's will and that comes from walking in God's ways listen I hope that the the law concerning the the cleansing of the healed leper brings you hope it has certainly encouraged me to know again that perhaps perhaps this might be a little silly but the next time you're at the store or you're going out to eat and you're wearing a mask or you see someone that's wearing a mask, it'll remind you of what you were before Jesus Christ saved you. That you were ceremonially defiled. 
you were pronounced unclean. If you lived in that time as a leper, you would have to cover your mouth and pronounce anybody that walked near you that you were unclean. That as you still maybe uh, grieve the fact that we can't have more than 10 people in our house or more than 25 people outside or that we can't still meet inside this building because there's too many of us, right? As there's still this social distancing going on, let it encourage you again to know that at one point spiritually we were isolated. We were socially distanced from God. We weren't just six feet from Him, we were completely far away from Him. We were enemies with God. We were to have no communion with God or with man, with God's people. And so certainly as maybe some of these regulations begin to relax, right? praise God for what Jesus Christ did for you. As God provided access for you through the blood of His Son. I just want to praise God this morning that Jesus Christ's blood cleansed me from my sin. And listen, we can see, right? Just turn on the news today. Just look around today. We see right here in North Brantford a world that is still in their sins. We have people in our neighborhoods, people in our workplaces, people that we come in contact every single day who have an incurable disease. It's an isolated disease. right? It's an insufferable disease. And you have the cure. You have the answer for them. You can use what's going on right now and use that to bring in the gospel and talk about, yes, listen, I once also was isolated. <laughs> I once also was socially distanced from God. And God provided a way to give me access to have a relationship with God, to be cleansed from my sin. I think it's just a beautiful picture the law concerning the, the cleansing of a healed leper. Just a beautiful picture again of the grace of God towards us who were sinners. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank You again for Your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank You for the cleansing power of His blood. We are encouraged again that once, even though once we were afar off from You, even though once we were outside the camp alone, we thank You for the blood of Jesus Christ that cleansed us from our sins and now has brought us nigh. Thank You for the relationship that we can have. Thank You for the hope that we have that we will forever be with You. And so Lord, help us as we try to practically sanctify our lives. Lord God, we pray that during this time that we would hear Your Word, that we would do Your will, that we would walk in all Your ways. Lord God, help us to take every opportunity to share the love of Jesus Christ with the world in which we live in. We pray these things that you may be honored and glorified, not only just in our individual lives, but even with through Brantford Bible Chapel. Lord, we want to see you honored and glorified. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.